2: we are not uh psychiatrists that this is a, a lay this is N- not a diagnosis not a diagnosis um
1: but joe scares me hello and welcome to here to make friends a huff post podcast about the bachelor franchise where we lovingly snark on bachelor in paradise and bachelor adjacent shows whether you love
2: Bachelor in Paradise or love to hate it, we'll decode what this reality show reveals about the world of dating, hooking up in the ocean, and semi-open relationships.
1: I'm Emma Gray, Senior Women's Editor. And I'm Claire Fallon, Culture Writer. Thanks for tuning in to our third Paradise Recap. This week, we'll discuss Ashley S.'s new BFFs, Carly and Kirk's fantasy sweet romance, And whether JJ's shoulder tattoo can beat up Joe.
2: We'll also talk about whether Joe and Samantha actually had sex in the pool.
1: Actually, let's just talk about that now. They definitely did. Plus, a little later, we'll have a chat with the one and only former bachelorette, Andy Dorfman, about life, love, and moving to New York City, the greatest city in the world. Of course.
2: But first paradise. And I know everyone's going to be really sad, just as we are, that we're one recapper short this week. There's no Nick Viall on the podcast this week to talk paradise. So sorry to disappoint. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. It's just us, but we're going to do our absolute best. We'll we'll try
1: to be as amusing.
2: (laughs) So we dive right in. Cliffhanger. Is Claire going to leave Paradise? I, like, hardly remembered that this even happened. Because so much happened this episode. I'm, like, looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, right. Claire threatened to leave
1: Paradise. And in a way she did because she was barely on this episode. But, you know, she didn't decide to leave, ultimately. Chris Harrison seemed to talk her down from the ledge. And she returned and gave her rose to JJ. Which was a really good decision because... Really good for the reality TV franchise. Yeah. I mean, world. clearly...
2: No one was going to stick up for what was good and true in Paradise if J.J. went home. We needed a hero, a hero <laughs> with a giant, ugly shoulder
1: tattoo, and yeah, J.J. was there.
2: I just figured out this week that that shoulder tattoo is a monster. Like, it has eyes. Oh, it is?
1: Yeah. I couldn't tell. I was taking a I thought luck. it was some very weird abstract art. It's like an abstract art pattern
2: with eyes. So, think about that. You could,
1: you know, if you were with JJ, you could be waking up to that every morning. <laughs> well, on Sorry after Par- on after Paradise, JJ did admit that perhaps it wasn't his smartest decision. Yeah, <laughs> I want the full story behind that <laughs> tattoo, though. Me
2: too. It's like not the kind of thing that you get lightly. Usually, like an enormous brightly and colored it's, shoulder tattoo. It's very tattoo. colorful. Very colorful. Like it's really hard to not see immediately. It's like the only thing I can see when I look at him. Um. Meanwhile, uh, Michael G., Mikey T., and Jonathan all sent home. Oh. I was a little
1: sad about Mikey T. because... He does provide a lot of entertainment. Really brought the drama, but... I was a little... I feel like Michael G. just got a little bit shortchanged.
2: Yeah, but he was so boring on Des's season. Like, I barely remembered him, and he made it to, like, the final four. So... I think final six. We just talked a lot
1: about being an attorney.
2: Yeah, which I don't even want to talk about my own job at home. Like, (laughs) no one cares. So, Michael G leaves. Everyone's relieved. And meanwhile, some trouble's
1: brewing for the remaining couples. We haven't really seen a lot of the happy couples. So, this episode, I think we get to dive a little deeper into the specifics of these coupled-up relationships. Specifically, Dan and Ashley S., and Carly and Kirk. Yeah.
2: It almost seems like, and when I say it almost seems like I'm sure this is exactly what's happening, the producers were like, we can't allow all of this cuddly coupledom to keep happening. Who can we send in that will help break these comfortable
1: little setups up? Right, because obviously each person has given the producers a list of people that they are semi-interested in, which we learned last night. Yeah, which
2: which makes a lot of made sense. Made a lot of sense because so many of them say they really wanted to meet someone and that person just happens to be there. And so obviously the producers made some effort to make that happen, but Joe and JJ straight up, you know, overtly talk about that last night. But so like <laughs> Dan, for example, uh, is having some problems with Ashley S., and suddenly another girl shows up who wants nothing more than to than to go on a date with Dan. And I was like, oh, how convenient that it just so happened that the producers sent Dan another option at the very moment
1: that he was like, do I want to spend my life with the girl whose best friends are crabs? But before Amber comes in, which happened on Monday night's episode, on Sunday, we see the Dan and Ashley S., Breakup essentially, right after she has poured her heart out to newcomer Jorge, the bartender. Well, we assume he's been there the whole time, but he has now become visible and I love it. They didn't have a bartender last year. They had to make their
2: own drinks. Can you imagine? I mean,
1: hey, if I was getting an all expenses paid vacation to Mexico sans air conditioning, yeah. I would really want someone to at least be constantly handing me wellness <laughs> drinks. I think I'd take the air
2: conditioning over the bartender. Well, that doesn't seem to be an option. Yeah, he did seem like a really good listener. And he was like, yeah, Dan seems like a great guy. You guys are really vibing. And then, lo and behold, Dan is like, listen, we're not vibing at all.
1: He told her he's he's seeing some red flags. Apparently, she did something emotional at some point, which we didn't actually see. I was
2: trying to figure out what this was. And the only thing I can think of is that... Ashley got very defensive of Julia when Joe came in and started jerking Julia around. And either they're hiding some other weird contextless freakout that Ashley had, which why would they do that? Or Dan was really bothered that Ashley wanted to protect her friend, in which case, um, fuck him. Like
1: he's not I'm a just man. confused. I feel like something else happened that just wasn't that interesting. So the producers decided it was more interesting to confuse us. Dan clearly just decided, you know, he's not that into this girl. He really seems like the kind of guy who comes on super strong at first. I mean, he's very attractive, very charming, clearly likes women who are a little quirky and weird. And then all of a sudden is like, wait, I'm dating someone who's not completely straight-laced and normal.
2: I'm not into it. That was the main thing. Is like, are you surprised that Ashley is weird? Because she's been like that the whole time. Like, take a little responsibility. Like, he, he chased after her in an ambulance to commence their relationship. Was he that desperate just to have some sort
1: of date? Right. I mean, to his credit, he did at least... Have a breakup conversation with her, he was at least honest, so I can't fault him for that, but ashley s i just i'm I'm team Ashley s she's Me too. like she's my spirit animal
2: and i he I just heard so many lines from him that sounded so painfully familiar, yes. like she would be like, "I just don't understand where how all your feelings went away overnight, and he'd be like, "Listen, they didn't go away overnight." And it's like, well, what do you expect her to say to that? like, like, I've actually been thinking about how
1: little I like you for a while now. I'm glad that you've been slowly pulling away without telling me. Um, Yeah, great. But she had kind of an amazing reaction. All of her reactions to him were exactly the way that I wish I had reacted when I was a little younger and dating people who were shitty and not that into me and didn't communicate it well. She basically says... She says something like look Dan I'm really into you like I this you're the only reason I'm here I'm not going to stay here and act like I don't like you. I can go back to my life. But he he hedges a little and he doesn't quite come out and say he, I'm not into you. If he
2: doesn't meet someone else then he needs someone to give a rose right, to he's and invite her, vice her a, versa. Little, a little on the back he's burner. He's keeping her on the hook. I mean, I I thought she handled it pretty well too, which is why I thought it was a little annoying that everyone was like, "Ashley is acting so crazy," and I was like, "Sure, she could just cry and cry and cry and cry and cry like everyone else when they get dumped on this show." But and she I does
1: think cry a little. She cries
2: a little. But she also communicates with him. She communicates with him. She's honest and and she then she makes friends with parrots. And I think we and all Jorge. know the comfort that a good a good animal companion can bring us when we're going through a really hard breakup. Exactly.
1: Those parakeets also might actually be better conversationalists than half of the cast yeah. of Bachelor in Paradise.
2: Meanwhile, Carly and Kirk, unfortunately,
1: on the rocks a little bit. They, well, so they had this very, you know, interesting, lovey-dovey conversation where eventually Kirk decided that he needed to chill the fuck out.
2: Yeah, he said, I'm going to ignore all my fears, which... <laughs> Is a, a, is a is phrase a phrase that that's always followed by success and happiness at least temporarily <laughs> at least for a week like hmm that's going to end well and they decide to finally do it do it they're going <laughs> to give themselves to each other just like two high school seniors after the prom so they do something that I cannot believe these people are not doing constantly because apparently they're allowed to, which is go to a hotel with air conditioning and just pay for it themselves. Like, come on.
1: It <laughs> <That laughs> looks so much why nicer. Why are you doing that every single night? Yes, they have like a private bedroom they have some robes on in the morning and they're like on a deck
2: it looks great the bed is big enough for both of them like there's not a it's not
1: a bunk bed joe is nowhere nearby their personal safety is pretty much assured they're definitely going to break up down the road but i'm not gonna lie i felt very endeared to them um joe has a very sexy date this week with someone other than Julia. Yeah, I guess the, we should get into the kind of central drama of this week, which oh, yeah. was Samantha arrived in paradise in see-through lace pants
2: and immediately gives her date card to Joe.
1: Eenie, meenie, miny, Joe, Joe, as JJ would say.
2: And uh, Joe's like, hell yeah, let's do this. He's like, bye, Julia. And then... So they're just, like, holding hands, Joe and Samantha. Why is everyone always holding hands in Paradise? They're like, let's go for a walk. Let's hold hands. And I'm like, you just
1: met. or they like, want to feel each other up, but they don't want to do that in <laughs> front of everyone else. Yeah, that's true. It forepl- like foreplay like, on It feels Paradise. like such an intimate
2: act. Like, I've only ever held hands with, like, boyfriends. Well, I think that
1: Joe... I'm a bit prudish. And Samantha think that they are very intimate. That's given true. Given that they have been texting and DMing and yes potentially other things Big over the reveal. last couple of months. It turns out that
2: Samantha is basically like the Nick Viall of Paradise. She already had a connection with Joe. It's not fair to via the other girls. Twitter. Via Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter is basically But also maybe OkayCupid texting on, and just, like, maybe a few phone calls. And, and like, like maybe Skype. Sex. And, like, maybe they had sex. Whatever. <laughs> like, but hardly at all. And, like, maybe they had a pact to, like do whatever it took to be on the show together and be also, together. apparently Tanner like,
1: was completely aware yes. that all of this had happened, but he decided to just stay silent and then narrate about it to the cameras. Yeah, he had a screen cap <laughs> of... Tanner is very thorough. Oh, he yeah. reads all the tabloids. He sees all the screenshots. I bet he was all over the Snapchat leak. He's such a with gossip. With last season. <laughs> I bet he was, like, analyzing,
2: <laughs> like, reading all the articles. But anyway, so he has a screen cap of Samantha saying, you know, do whatever it takes, Joe, to stay on Paradise until I get there, and then we will be together.
1: Basically, they are— Gaming ABC to get a free vacation. Yeah. Which doesn't quite seem worth it. Although I guess they both want to be on television. So that's... Uh, To me, also, the weird thing is, like, does Samantha really like Joe? Like, I think she thinks she likes Joe. Okay. But judging from her Twitter feed last night, if if anyone saw it, she does not seem so into Joe anymore. Hashtag under the Joe spell. Yeah. She was using a lot of hashtag under the Joe spell, trying to be apologetic... Clearly trying to backtrack her her attractions to Joe. She said she was just swept up in passion. Well, unfortunately for her, we
2: saw all of the passion. Like, they go on a date to take, like, sexy photos for, for people. people. <laughs> <laughs> By the
1: way... it's probably the greatest <laughs> day ever. The
2: People <laughs> editor-in-chief has been so funny. Like, she, she tweeted that... Um, so, Joe and Samantha were taking pictures in the pool, like, making out. And she tweeted that they couldn't, like... It took a while for Joe to be able to safely get out of the pool, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, there they are, like, making out in a purple shower... And Joe's, like, going on and on about how hot Samantha is and how she makes him look good because she's so hot. And, like, he's not even thinking about Julia. Like, he doesn't care what Julia thinks or wants or feels because Samantha's really hot. He can't even remember her name. Yeah, because Samantha's, Samantha's so hot. Samantha's so hot. I don't know if you guys are getting women's. this,
1: but, like— She's Sam- hot. She's hot. She's hot. Did you realize she's really hot? And I'm not sure if she has <laughs> any other— Redeeming qualities in Joe's eyes, but just the being hot. But here's the thing. Being hot translates to everything else. Like
2: we learn that he thinks she's really hot and she'll be a good wife and mother, like
1: all in one breath. And it's like all you need to do to be a good wife (laughs) and mother is be physically. It's like how
2: people are always like Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thank you so much for being the hottest mom on the block. That's the card I give my mother every Mother's Day. I don't know about— <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, that's like—that's the standard. Yeah. Like, if you can't say that, it's like, I don't know. Thanks for being so nurturing and wondering. Like, no, uh, whatever. Uh, who cares about that shit? No one. No one really wants that. So um, so then they come back, and if you re- remember, Joe came back from his day with Julie and was like, it was good. It was a good date. And he comes back from his day with Samantha, and Julia's sitting right there. Oh, it was amazing! It was such a good day. It was so good, incredible times, perfect. And Julia, understandably, feels like shit. Joe later is like, I'm not rubbing her face in it or anything. I'm like, please define rubbing her face in it. (laughs) Like, you haven't spoken to her, but you have very pointedly been treating another person a whole lot better. So that's kind of the definition. He didn't
1: pull her aside to give her a heads up. Hey, I want to explore my options. He he never communicated with her. He actually seems averse to communicating with anyone, but especially women that he's wronged.
2: And it turns out that, like... Basically, his whole worldview is based around just selfishness. Like, there's no better way. to It's like, I don't
1: want to talk to her right now, so I, I shouldn't. Because she's a Debbie Downer. She's a, a Debbie, Debbie Downer. You know, ladies who have feelings that they need to express, like, that's just not fun. But that's the right thing to do is, like, he doesn't want to, so he shouldn't. Because he was there for Samantha, because what he wants right. is Samantha. That's the right thing. Because or like, it's all about what Joe needs. And, and what if he's Joe not wants.
2: personally, if his relationship with Samantha or Julia isn't personally affecting JJ or Tanner, then they can't even look at it. They should all just have blinders on. Even though it's basically
1: Lord of the Flies <laughs> up in there.
2: Well, that is, it is a very Lord of the Flies <laughs> sort of, like, mentality of just, like, everyone just, like, do whatever is ultimately best for them. And that is what is right. Like, he's a total, total narcissist. Textbook. It's creepy.
1: Um, he also seems to be alienating the men who he came onto the show as good friends with. You know they they always tend to kind of group off with people who are on their season. So Jared and Tanner and JJ and Joe are all kind of bonded a little bit.
2: Yeah, and it seems like at first they think they're friends, and it's hard to know why. Like, does he have any redeeming qualities? They keep saying that he's funny. I've I've never seen him be funny. We've seen him be monosyllabic, and we've seen him be really like aggressively. Romantic in like a creepy way, and then and those we've are seen his him turn only two on dime we've seen him be, be vicious,
1: so those are like the modes we seen. none of those things seem funny or fun loving yeah I, I think they're I'm confused he has a southern accent. I'm literally convinced that that's, that's what it why is. people find him charming,
2: yeah, people think that that people with southern accents are just sort of like harmless and like but you know they're just people like everyone else, some of them are are psychopaths, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> joe is one of those psychopaths it seems like it i'm just saying um we are not a uh, psychiatrist that this is a, a lay this is N- not a diagnosis not a diagnosis um <laughs> but joe scares me
1: okay so you got engaged congrats now you may be wondering what comes next if you're planning a wedding the first thing you need to know about Springtime
2: vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty
1: Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low-dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate
2: early signs of potential illnesses in your cat.
1: And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer, Talon, has been
2: using Pretty Litter, and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too.
1: Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy.
2: That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save
1: 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: <laughs> um and meanwhile, like Joe and Samantha are just like constantly like in the hot tub in the pool, like making out and dry
1: humping. Dry
2: humping. There are definitely like orgasms happening. I was like Right. We can regardless see of you. whether
1: penetration happened, there there were some O faces. Yeah. Specifically Joe's.
2: Yeah. I was like, get it together, man. You were in public. There are also, cameras you know all around, around you. Filmed. They seem
1: to forget. They seem to also forget that microphones, professional microphones <laughs> pick up things from far away. Yeah, they weren't even like they didn't even have the door closed. They That's were- how we get their a scene of them plotting about what they're going to tell the producers and their little in the moment interviews. Yeah,
2: so uh, Sam has just in in an interview told the producers that she didn't really talk to Joe. There was no plot. As a human, especially a human who is going on a reality show, she would never plot something out. Which I think is just a huge tell. Because why would you ever say, especially going on a TV show, I would never plot something out. That doesn't seem like the one case in your life where you would In my normal
1: life, I would totally backstab (laughs) my best friend. In my
2: normal life, I plot everything out. (laughs) Um, I make pacts. But I would never do that for a TV show because that would be crazy. (laughs) I was like, okay, she's definitely lying. But um, so then she goes and takes Joe into a safe place behind a bunk bed with the door open so she can secretly tell him to To get his story in line with hers, um, and they get caught. Boo hoo. Um, so
1: this is is a slow, slowly exploding situation. Right. We have several times where different men try to intervene on behalf of Julia, who has now, to her credit, tried to speak with Joe multiple times, and he's so cold and unfeeling and unresponsive to everything she has to say. Understandably, she does not want to speak to him, especially in a one-on-one yeah. situation ever again. She feels completely disrespected.
2: It's like that scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin where the Steve Carell's friend is like, just go up to that girl and just whatever she says, turn it into a question to her. And it's like a seduction technique. And it works really well. But Joe's trying to do the same thing, just to get the conversation to end and it's really confusing like she'll be like you lied to me and he'll be like how did you lie to me? how did i lie to you and she'll be like you said this thing and it wasn't true and he'll be like so how is that a lie and it's like she literally just oh. told you that you can't just turn everything into a question that's not how talking works well, but doesn't he doesn't seem, know another way does not seem interested in talking to her nor does he seem particularly intelligent
1: Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> but then,
2: because Julia and Samantha are very good friends, they vacation together. They were very close on Chris's season. And so Julia wants to pull Samantha aside
1: and just tell her that Joe's a skis ball. Right. And at this point, she has no idea that they've communicated before. So, of course. So, A, she's hurt, and B, she seems to want to warn Samantha off. Because as far as she knows, Joe could turn around and be just as cold to her.
2: Right. And
1: Samantha... Immediately shuts her down. Right. She tries to just kind of give her version of what happened, and Samantha meets, immediately cuts her off and says, well, I think Joe needs to be here. Which
2: yeah. is a crazy She's thing. She's like, I'm not comfortable talking about this without Joe. And I was like, you mean what, the guy that you've been on one date with? Are you a date unit now? Date your good
1: friend? If— I just can't imagine if a, if a close friend of mine said that to me, basically implying, I don't really believe your version of the story and you need to be fact-checked by this random dude. Like, that. that's the end of a friendship right there.
2: Yeah. And so last night, Samantha was tweeting, like, oh, I'm sorry, Julia. I was under the Joe spell. And um, Julia is not buying it. She was on After Paradise. And she was like, we are not friends anymore. So
1: sorry, Samantha. I think Samantha might have to perhaps reach out to her individually not, not on, t- on Twitter <laughs> in order to save face. I think yeah. I think usually um you know Julia's no dummy. Yeah. I think she seems to know at, at now
2: what's At this going point on. at least she's figured yeah. out what's up. So, um that that whole storyline sort of culminates with another cliffhanger at the end of the episode. JJ finally comes back from a date and he is ready to throw down with joe and they they make us wait his finest oh my god i got like chills at the because they they're having this back and forth and then joe starts to walk away and he just mutters something and joe's and jj gets up and he's like what was that what did you say to me and i was like what? What's going to happen? Like, is he going to punch him? Like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, wow. That's, like, a very primal part of me that, like, is (laughs) reacting to this right now. It's a part of my boyfriend that likes hockey fights, you know? Like, I didn't think I had that. Um, So, I can't wait to
1: see what happens there. Me too. Also, JJ has truly turned it around for himself.
2: (laughs) I know. I was like, sometimes you do need someone who is willing
1: to, to be, throw down to throw
2: down, like he can be such a like a kind of a blowhard kind of obnoxious sometimes Which, you we, need get a, someone like that yes
1: we get a little taste of his less appealing side when megan the sort of <laughs> oh yeah megan comes di- dim-witted um oh, addition so from <laughs> from chris's season arise she makes for great reality television though we have to talk about megan's arrival by the way she, they stage her being lost. She can't actually – she was actually, she was like – with full production. She was wandering <laughs> around in the rain, buying sombreros
2: she was the like, airline lost I'm looking for. I'm looking for Chris Harrison, and I was like, can you just ask the producers where he is, the ones who
1: are filming you right now? I get now? the sense that she's just kind of game to be the, to play up that character and that she's game <laughs> for anything, and the producers are kind of like, go wander around in the rain and – ask for chris harrison i don't think that
2: she totally understands what she's being made fun of like there was a point when jj like made a joke about how she didn't know the difference between mexico and new mexico and she just like laughed and laughed and well, she was like "She
1: genuinely doesn't
2: yeah <laughs> well that's she, she was just like oh he's so funny and i was like he's mocking you like do you understand <laughs> Like, I mean, maybe she's just really self-deprecating about how ignorant
1: she is, but like, it was a little sad to me. It is a little sad, and, and she JJ asks JJ seems to weirdly, you know, enjoy that Megan is um, intellectually inferior to him.
2: Yeah, which um, he
1: basically says,
2: "You're disappointing us, JJ." But, uh, but you know, she's hot. So, but fine. also, she she has. Uh, she <laughs> she she loses so much sympathy for me because she's so culturally <laughs> insensitive like she she shows up and she asks the mexican uh sombrero seller that she meets wh- why there's a mexico and a new mexico that poor man and he's like because they're because co- they want to copy it i guess and she like laughs and laughs and he's like what the fuck is this <laughs> bitch like,
1: on who is this blonde white lady <laughs> Up in my girl right now with a camera,
2: right. and she has an umbrella, but she needs a sombrero to shield her from the rain. I was like, "That's not gonna do anything." It was oh god, she's but she, she and JJ have
1: you know what seems like a very pleasant date. They go jet skiing or something, and JJ can't believe you know he's hanging out with a beautiful blonde, even if yeah. she's not intellectually the same as him.
2: Um, so Megan is like. I, I don't like her,
1: but she seems really sweet, and she's considering all of the terrible people who are in paradise right now. She's largely inoffensive. Yeah, to that's me. the
2: thing. It's like there we have way bigger fish to fry. Yeah, um, and JJ <laughs> is here
1: to fry Joe.
2: Yes, and that is the most important thing. So Megan and JJ have their date. Amber and Dan have a date whatever by the way that amber and dan's date was kind of weird because they're on a fancy night out in puerto vallarta and they're quote-unquote locals <laughs> chanting oh, right. kiss kiss the kiss. mob
1: of strangers screaming at them to make out in english but yeah i guess they're gonna be a new couple i i really i don't
2: care they're yeah boring. don't care so at the end of the episode, big cliffhanger because I cannot wait to see the big JJ and Joe confrontation that they've been teasing for like two weeks now. Something
1: better actually happened during it.
2: Yeah, I have a feeling nothing's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah. anything's going to happen.
2: But we do see uh, some teasers of the rest of the season. It seems like. There are going to be like some breakups, some tears, some tears, some new people are going to come in. Ashley, I wants a fantasy sweet date. She wants to lose her virginity, which I, that's uh, not going to
1: happen. Uh, I don't see Jared going for it. He's not that into her.
2: Yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, I, I just really don't want to know that much about the hymenal status of people that I watch on TV. It's a little weird. So um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing where all that goes. Yeah, we shall see. So Emma and I recently got the opportunity to go drunk painting with Andy Dorfman, fulfilling a long-time life goal, and to catch up with her a little bit about what's going on in her
1: life. We also learned that we are pretty dismal at paint by the numbers because we're both incredibly type A and just want to follow all the rules.
2: Yeah, I am I think Andy was somewhere in the room, but all I could see was... Every tiny place where I painted outside the lines. It was very stressful. So, we're really excited to share what Andy had to say.
1: Hi, Andy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So, we're pretty excited to be painting here with you today. Uh, So, we've heard that you're launching a new web series soon called Andy's Apple, right? So, can you tell us a little bit about what it's going to focus on?
0: Yeah, so I'm launching a web series with People.com called Annie's Apple, obviously. Um, and it's kind of just like my life in this new city, this great new city, New York. Um, but life is like a single 28-year-old, and most of it is really, really fun, obviously. But, you know, moving from Atlanta and kind of leaving my family behind and kind of moving to the unknown is also come with some scary moments, so those will be captured, um, and it kind of just follows my life, cool things, things with my friends, um, things I'm doing right now, one of them being writing a book, so it follows that whole journey, which is really fun, um, and yeah, it's basically like life in New York City.
1: That's amazing, I mean, obviously Claire and I are very partial to New York, we <laughs> both lived here for years, um, and love it.
0: Yeah, we want to hear what is what is your book about? Oh, dun dun dun. Um, okay, so the book is basically a tongue-in-cheek diary of my breakup. Um, it was very public, obviously, but I also dealt with it in private a lot, and I kind of didn't know how to deal with this breakup and who to talk to about. You know, my my walls were up, and I ended up journaling. Everything like from day one until the day I moved to New York City. And it was funny, I was kind of looking back in my journal and being like, oh my God, this stuff is kind of pathetically hilarious. And next thing I know, I was talking with some agents and we decided to turn it into a book and it's in my opinion super authentic very raw it's basically you know day one my life is over all the way to the very ending with me being on a plane to New York City and kind of starting this new chapter of my life but it's everything that every woman goes through in a breakup that we never talk about like we go crazy we are you know psychotic mad sad pathetic women and we never talk about it we never kind of embrace that and so this is unveiling all that and being like this is what happened (laughs) this is the real story of a breakup
2: i would just like to say that i have written the same diaries post-breakup and i am so glad that no one will ever see them (laughs) it's very brave of
1: you to do that incredibly brave
0: (laughs) my dad's seen me make out on tv now i mean i have no shame left i might as well just like give you the rest of the story (laughs) I fucking love that. <laughs> As a fellow single 28-year-old, yeah, I will enjoy yeah. it a lot. It's got like, some sparks of feminism in it. It's also got some, like, wow, damn, this is how, you know, what it feels like to be a woman. <laughs> so into it. So what,
1: what are your thoughts on New York? What made you make that jump from Atlanta uh, to New York?
0: I mean, I've always loved New York City. Every time I come here, I, have like, felt there's a vibe and an energy, and I, it's just, like, I remember coming here years ago and, like, getting out of the taxi and just taking a big whiff of the nasty New York air and just being like, ah, oh, I love this place, you know? And so... Moving here, it was kind of like, where can I go to have the best distraction possible and to kind of be lost and also at the same time find myself? And it was like, you know what? I'm the one in New York City. Like, screw it. I'm picking up. I'm moving to the best city in the world while I get the chance to. And, you know, here I am. Best decision I ever made. (laughs) Hell yes.
1: What is kind of the best thing that you think that you've learned from your experience being on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette? Obviously, it was So public and intense, I can imagine. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's a ton of things I've learned. Um, I would say one of the more lighthearted things I've learned is just like not to take life too seriously. Like at the end of the day, I dated. 26 dudes on national television i got engaged after eight weeks and yes it was love and i will never deny that but like at the end of the day i have to sit back and kind of chuckle at it and be like oh my god i dated on reality television and like not take myself and and the show and my life in general so seriously because i feel like i missed out on a lot of the fun when i did take it really seriously that's fair. Have you been watching Lifetime's new series, Unreal, at all? Yes, I have. I love Unreal, I'm not going to lie. It's so funny because Charlene and I watch it and we like debate back and forth. She's like, it's so oversensitized and it's so dramatic. I'm like, it has to be dramatic. They have to exaggerate it to get the point across. I'm like, don't you see what Rachel's doing? And like, we literally get into these hour long discussions of a show about another reality TV show that we were on. So the whole thing is so, you know, screwed up in so many ways, but we can't keep our eyes off of it.
1: Claire and I are both obsessed with it, too. It's so damn good. Um, So something that I think came up a lot during this past season of The Bachelorette was Caitlyn kind of taking a lot of abuse on social media for being open about her sexuality. Like, from your experience, do you think that there is sort of a different standard for bachelors versus bachelorettes
0: in terms of this kind of thing? Totally. I think there is definitely a double standard when it comes to bachelors and bachelorettes because, you know, I know damn well that there were plenty of bachelors that slept with all three do- you know all three girls and nobody said a word about it but then you know you turn around and if a woman has sex with two or god forbid three like the the world is ending and it just kind of shows you like even though i think women have come so far in so many ways that's an area where like we're so far behind still and the sad part about it is it's mainly women shaming other women and that's what really bothers me is it's like we want to band together and like we want equality and we want to you know be great in this world, but like we don't stick up for each other, we don't support each other. and I think I've always felt that but that became really, really apparent on Caitlin's season, I feel like.
1: Yeah I feel like sometimes as women we kind of internalize that yeah. that we should be ashamed. Um, so on a lighter note, have you been watching Bachelor in Paradise?
0: No. I feel like Bachelor and Bachelorette give me my fill for the year. I watched it last season, though, because I knew a lot of people on it. This season, I don't really know anyone on it. I mean, none of my guys for my season are on it anymore, so, like, I don't have anyone to root for. Last year, I was all rooting for them. Um, But, yeah, I don't really have a huge tie to it anymore.
1: Fair. Who do you think should be the next Bachelor? The big question.
0: Chris Harrison. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Actually, that really is my first answer. And I always tell him, like, please do The Badger. He's like, shut up. I'm not doing The Badger. I'm like, why not? He's like, I know too much. I'm like, seriously, you need to do it. I told him I'd be the host. And he wasn't really <laughs> enthused about that. I'm not sure why. So maybe we can ask him why. I would certainly watch that. Yeah. Claire?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that he likes having, like, the editorial control yeah. As the host, he doesn't want to maybe give that up. But well, Bachelor Nation <laughs> wants it. Bachelor Nation, <laughs> didn't he?
0: Yeah, I told him that he can take the bachelor salary and I would take his salary. <laughs> and he didn't seem to want to do that. I'm not really sure why. I think that's fair.
1: So, so surprising. Chris, if you're listening to this, get on it. I feel like
0: he should go through it too. It would make him a better host, having Empathy. gone through it. Empathy. Yeah, it's all <laughs> about being a better host. We got to start this campaign. Yeah. Um, So, thanks so much, Andy, for chatting with us. So great to see you always. Yes, I'm glad you guys are here. I can't wait to see your amazing Picasso that you're about to do.
2: And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale.
1: One, you do you, bro. Two, That's questionable. 3. Not cool people. 4. The 1950s are back. 5. Gender equality is straight up dead. So this week we had quite a few feminism fails. Yet again, we had to cut down our list. Yeah. Thank you, Joe,
2: for that. So to start it off, Joe is weirdly obsessed with how much hotter Sam is than Julia in his mind. We're giving that a four. Women are
1: not trophies. And then Joe goes on and on about how Samantha's hotness will make him and his quote-unquote dad bod look better. We're giving that a three. It's just... Ugh. Then Kurt calls Ashley S. crazy repeatedly
2: for unclear reasons. That we're giving that a four. Calling a woman crazy is just another way of invalidating everything she says and feels, which is clearly what's going
1: on here. Our next feminism fail is thanks to JJ, who repeatedly tells everyone that Megan is hot but dumb, in so many words. Even though we're different intellectually, dot dot dot, is basically just another way of saying I'm so much smarter than this chick. We're going to give that a four because, come on, JJ, think before you speak. And if you can't connect with a woman on an intellectual level, we kind of doubt you actually want to date her. And finally, Joe tries
2: to insult JJ by saying even his sister is smarter. Um, hi, Joe. Ladies can be smart, too. We're giving that a five. <laughs>
1: And now for our tweet of the week. This week's best tweet comes from Andrea Laventhal. That's at Andy Lavs. Why bang a 10 when you can bang an 11? Alternate title for Bachelor in Paradise. And we'll leave you with our quote of the week from Kirk.
2: Carly is like a pinball machine, which I guess would make Kirk the pinball wizard. Although I'm still trying to figure out what exactly he meant by that. I'm not even sure he knows what he meant by that. I'm not sure he knows why he said it. It was very strange. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our producer, Caitlin Boguki and our audio engineer,
1: Brad Shannon. And of course, thanks to Andy Dorfman for chatting with us this week. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter. That's at Emma Lady Rose and at Claire E. Fallon. You can also send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffingtonpost.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell your friends
2: and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover our show.
1: This is Emma Gray and Claire Fallon. We'll talk to you next week after another four hours of paradise. Thanks for listening.